The Unconventional Therapist Guide to Nothing. Hey everyone, we are the Unconventional Therapists, and this is your guide to nothing, where each and every week we take a topic, theme, or thing, overanalyze it, and make it all make sense in the scheme of life, living, and mental health. My name is Dave. I'm joined here, as always, with my co-host, Greg. What's up, Greg? What's up, Dave? I feel fine. And you've been trying to tell everyone that I'm, I haven't been feeling so hot. I feel like you're sick. <laughs> you sneezed earlier, and I'm convinced you are sick. We just want people to feel bad for you. Like you're doing this podcast with a sick person. I've just been taking care of you for so long. And I just want <laughs> people to understand that. Right, right, right. So Dave, listen, this, you know, at nauseam, I've talked about self-deceit and my feelings about how I think it's a huge, maybe the biggest contributor to mental health issues, but something much worse is knowingly deceiving others. Today, we're talking about Munchausen syndrome or factitious disorder. Yes. We're going to at least, we're going to at least start off by calling this a mental disorder. And by the end, we'll see exactly where we land on that. Yeah. I don't know and if we land. I think it's safe for us to use Munchausen as that's probably the most commonly used term for this. Yeah. It's, it's they're both hard to say. So it's like pick your poison on this yeah, one. Yeah. I don't think too many people are going around saying factitious do- disorder, but that is. <laughs> what it is medically referred to, I believe. Right. And, and should it be even have a label? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I want to get to that uh, towards the end because that's going to be the biggest question that I want to answer this podcast. Is this a disorder or not? Or is this just like naming, giving a name to really terrible behavior? So what we're talking about here is, is it's deceiving others by appearing sick or making yourself sick, purposely getting sick or hurt. Or just, you know, understanding symptoms and diagnostic criteria and all these things and tampering with tests. The key here is to make this a disorder, there can't be financial gain or even like empathetic gain or any kind of benefit at all. So the deception has to continue on without any reward, Dave. Mm. Do you understand? So when you say empathetic reward... Explain that further. So we're going to talk about that more, but I think every time, so according to the diagnostic criteria, which we'll talk about, it has to be this thing where you're faking sick, you're, you're doing these things where you're, you're making other people think that you have some kind of illness, but according to, to make it a a mental disorder, there can't be any benefit. And that goes even as far as saying like, you want people to feel bad for you. You miss that feeling. Like we'll talk about the causes and where this stuff comes from, but just like feeling sick and and pretending that you have an illness, but there can't be a reason why you're doing it for it to be a mental disorder. And and I'll talk about why I think that's impossible as this goes on. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to want your opinion on that, but I think we should let really let people know like what the, what this thing is exactly like the symptoms and the causes and things like that. Okay. So the symptoms, is you have to, it, the symptoms are weird because knowing medical knowledge and terms and you Jordan. have a condition that doesn't respond to standard treatment, right? Like, so you have, you have like, um, 
you know, maybe you have like pretending you have strep throat, for, for example, but the antibiotics aren't working for you. You know, frequent stays at the hospital. You don't want the doctors to know your your medical records. Arguing with doctors. This is this is the kind of symptoms that you have. So are these symptoms? Like that's not something we're used to, right? No, this sounds more like some sort of like a version of dark psychology where you're manipulating things in order to get the outcome you're looking for. So if my doctor starts to catch on that there's nothing wrong or that, you know, he's looking at my records and he can't find things, I'm probably not going to continue seeing that doctor. hundred percent. Right. So, so you're right. You, I didn't even think about using that word manipulation, but I mean, that's, that's what it is. And, you know, we all kind of do it. So that's the thing where this also gets blurry because the, uh, the part that we all do is called malingering, which is when, you know, you, it's like calling out out of work sick when you're not really sick. It's basically falsely pretending to have an illness or something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, um, Ferris Bueller. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Famous true case. Malingering is different though. It's, it's very much for, I don't know, financial gain or, I mean, you're getting out of work and you're getting paid for it and you're under false pretenses. I remember when I was, when I was in the Navy, we're about to get on the ship and some kid had somebody else run his knee over so that he wouldn't have to go onto the boat. That's malingering. That's what he was charged with too. It's like a crime. <laughs> so the you know the thing though about I think that what makes malingering a little different are like all right so I call out of work and I you know I pretend I have some illness. If I got caught, chances are I'm not going to start arguing with my boss, let's say, or uh, somebody. If I wouldn't, I would probably say, ah, oh, crap, and then like, and then it's all it's done, right? Yeah, so that's the one of the cornerstones of Munchausen is where you could be faced with all the evidence, like all these tests say you're not sick, and you're like, well, I'm pretty sure I'm sick. Um, pretty sure I got it. <laughs> the tests that I forgot at home will tell you. Right. You're gonna have to run those tests, run them again, run them through one more time. I, yeah, and, and the thing is, <laughs> like, it seems to me that malingering, it's there's less of a insidious nature to it because. I mean, we're talking about maybe, maybe just from my perspective, it's like, we're, we're usually talking about work and you're not like really screwing over like family. You're not really messing with people's emotions. Right. Which is, I th- which is, I think like a huge difference. But you know, what's interesting. If you think about the word malingering, you would think that maybe it would be longer lasting, like lingering yeah. and then mal meaning bad in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bad lingering. That's like bad marketing for malingering. I mean, malingering. <laughs> You're like actually thing. a short-lived, like really yeah. tame and it's, benign thing, and you're not lingering at all. Lingering. You want to do it as quick as possible. Yeah, that's that's not malingering. So let's that's talk about like some lingering. Of the causes of this stuff, which actually makes sense. So childhood trauma, of course. Sure. Physical or sexual abuse. Yeah. Serious illness during childhood. Maybe, maybe you were getting some kind of attention as a child. It, uh, it's seri- is it serious? Just serious, or is it serious and uh, long-lasting? Oh, sure. Either way, I'm sure. Childhood, uh, illness. I thought I had heard long, long-lasting, which would make sense to me because you kind of like get used to this lifestyle of people, kind of caregivers, kind of doting at, on you, and people giving you a lot of nurturing and um, very 
just general kindness, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So also when you're thinking about it like that, think of losing a loved one because that's a two pronged thing too. So you, you, you're missing that love that you have. So you're craving that. Plus think about as a child, that sympathy you receive at a funeral. Oh, wow. This Mm -hmm. sympathy, like love feels really good too. So where you're going to, you're going to want to extend that. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense that this is part of it. I mean, probably poor sense of identity. There's most likely there could be personality disorder stuff going on here, right? Yes, for sure. Yes. I mean, at some Narciss- point, narcissistic, maybe borderline. Totally borderline. And we'll talk about that down the line too. Um, some, some stuff I read had this idea that it's people who want to be close to doctors and nurses or work in healthcare, but I don't really see that as... so. That is actually a very common one is that a lot of um, the number of people that have this, uh, there's a high rating of them that work in healthcare, which is an interesting. I just think that could be because the opportunity is all over the place. And that's, that's more of this other thing that we're talking about. We're going to talk about, and it's like Munchausen by proxy. I think this is the thing that people hear about the most. And it's, so it's factitious disorder imposed on another, (laughs) but I'm sure you want to stick with Munchausen by proxy. So to me, you can call this a disorder all you want, but in my mind, this is pure abuse. It's, you know, it's the same way. Like, even if you can, you can wrap your head around and calling this a disorder, Ted Bundy had antisocial personality disorder, but he's a murderer. He's a serial killer. Yeah. But but Greg, you know what? I do understand why you would say that this is like, I meant this is a disorder because takes a very specific type of personality and you know kind of like cognitive makeup i guess in order to be able to inflict the um you know the ongoing pain that they end up inflicting on the person that they're imposing it which is often i guess a child right so but listen though so we talk about this we talk about no such thing as altruism if you're knowingly deceiving then you're doing it for a reason, just, just by that logic, right? Yeah. So the diagnostic criteria for this to be a mentalist disorder contradicts itself because it says that you cannot have a reward. So if you're knowing, and you know, receiving, and, you and, and you're exactly right. That is contradicting. And I think that anything that I've kind of researched and listened to, and even my own like thought processes all comes back to the same thing. It is all about getting emotional reward it is all about getting some sort of void some sort of need met and i can't think of any other reason oh 100 it's a, it's an easy out especially with the munchausen by proxy which we're going to talk more about it's an easy out for the prop- perpetrators because it provides them with more deceit so like listen though think about it the diagnosis is almost a cure right so you all right. You're telling the person who has Munchausen, who wants a disorder so bad, here, you have a disorder. It's called Munchausen. So the diagnosis is the reward. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. So by, by diagnosing them, you're making them Ill- ineligible for the diagnosis. <laughs> Imagine going to a doctor, uh, any previous right. illness. Yes, I have Munchausen. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. It's so confusing. <laughs> as right? well as, and then they list 10 things. So let's talk more about this Munchausen by proxy. Like, you know, you, if this is false claims about somebody else, like they're psychologically or, or physically ill, and it's oftentimes a child, right, Dave? It's like a yeah. kid, their own kid. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a number of 
uh, true crime cases. There's a really uh, popular one, I would say. I think it's popular, at least because I've, if I'm aware of it, I, I assume it's somewhat popular because I wouldn't be aware of it otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so, and Greg, did you see this one? The the case that was on, they made a Hulu movie, uh, Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee Blanchard. Yes. So, yes. And that was the one where their mother faked, what, is it multiple sclerosis or a mul- mul- multiple uh, MD? Multiple, multiple dystrophy, multiple everything, multiple everything, leukemia. The poor, yes, the poor girl. But this is the one, and right? She, where the girl the, murdered her mom. She had her boyfriend murder her mom, and holy yeah. shit! If that's not karmic justice, there was also this um, Beverly Aylett. She was a British serial killer with Munchausen by proxy. She purposely sickened and killed a number of minor children. Like, this happens. This is you know, a lot of times it's you're right. It's in a like a medical setting. Yeah, uh, Olivia Gant was a seven-year-old whose mother, Kelly Gant, had uh, Munchausen by proxy and convinced doctors that she had some kind of uh, intestinal uh, disease. Actually, she convinced doctors that she had autism, vascular malformation of the brain that was inoperable, uh, just like a, a slew of these different things, and then actually got the doctors to sign a do not resuscitate at some point. And the girl's body shut down and she passed away at seven. Uh, a couple, like, I think it was a little bit later, like maybe a couple of years later, she brings in her other daughter and tells the doctors that her daughter ha- is having bone, like her bones is having bone pain and yeah. tells them that she has a history of cancer, bone cancer, but she's in remission. So the doctors end up seeing like no medical records and then they alert authorities. So that's how she's kind of caught. And when they go back and they do, uh, they exhumed, her daughter, the younger daughter that passed away, and they did the autopsy, they found that there was nothing wrong, nothing indicating that she had anything wrong with her intestinal regions or any of the, basically any of the other disorders that they claimed that she had. So it's hard to say that, I mean, it, so it's it's hard to say the mother had a disorder and it's hard to not say she had a disorder. Here, here's another uh, clear indicator of like just how off this is. So at one point, the, the girl is... You know, she uh, they diagnosed her with a seizure disorder at one point. A couple of years later, a doctor says she, you know, there's no seizure disorder present or that, you know, we can detect and tells them you should to stop taking the seizure medication because that can have really bad like side effects to the body. So there's no reason to take it if there's no seizure disorder. And the mother continues having her take it through um, ongoing. Right. So it's just like knowingly knowing that the, that it's going to cause. Uh, damage to the body and still having her do it because it it continues the idea of this illness so and this is something another interesting thing about this is it's like extremely high percentage i want to say almost 90 percent or 85 percent women like so another proxy or just the regular by proxy okay so by proxy very specific because i yeah there's so no, many avenues to go there. I know, I know. I, I, there's so many avenues that you can start to formulate ideas of how that could happen. Does that come out of postpartum? That's it absolutely could be. I mean, I remember thinking of the Shauna D. Taylor that I read about, and she was a woman whom she medically abused. She had ten kids. She medically abused them all. She was fascinated with her internal organ, organs. She poisoned her infant 
daughter. I mean, and then there's that Mary, uh, Mary Beth Rowe Tinning, who she smothered all nine of her children one at a time. I mean, where that sounds like we had that headline in the news not too long ago with the woman with postpartum who. So, yeah. So, I mean, if, if we can understand how like postpartum psychosis exists, postpartum depression exists, why would it be out of the realm to think of like on the opposite spectrum? Maybe it's not so much that they want their kids gone. They actually are like way too into the attention they, they get from their children having an illness. Yeah. But doesn't it seem like there has to be besides the psychosis with this, especially because it's, it's malingering around. Do you know what I mean? So this is like, this is, this isn't so much psychosis because it's so long-term. It almost feels like there's zero, there's a definite deficit in empathy. There's no empathy at all. And there's this self-centeredness. That's why I think it really kind of lines up with some of the personality disorders. Yeah. You know, it's interesting with this Olivia Gant one that I was saying with her, her mom, Kelly, her mom was blogging the whole time. And I would love to know other cases where this has happened and to hear what avenues the mom or the, whoever the person was responsible uh, was taking to kind of get their information out. Like, I think that's a very interesting way for her to go about it. She was putting all the fictitious information in a blog and like kind of telling people like how hard her life is or because she's taking care of her daughter and trying to get everybody to feel sorry for her daughter. It's interesting though, too, because like, yeah, sure. She got like the parent gets uh, sympathy. They get some, you know, some response, but it's also very much directed at the child. So for some reason that the parent is also getting something from watching people be overly sympathetic to their child. But I think it's about them too, because if someone's being sympathetic for your child, they're being sympathetic for you too. Oh, for that sure. poor, poor, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's very like, it must be so hard for her. She's doing so much. She's taking care of, you know, you're making me, now that you're talking about blogging, it's, it, there was this thing that I passed over and it was Munchausen by internet. Mm. And it's people who create these profiles of having these fake, you know, illnesses and everything. And maybe, you know, that could be insidious too, because, you know, ask for money, go fund me, this and that. So, I, I mean, look at the the COVID relief people. How many people took advantage of that? Right. But in, in this case, if it's, if we're talking about Munchausen though, it's not just for scam. It's for something else. Right. That, it would that just- is what I find so fascinating about this. It's because, you know, I could, we could totally, if this was about getting money, if this was about getting wealth, status, anything like that, we wouldn't even be doing an episode about this because it wouldn't be interesting because it'd be so understandable. This is interesting because it's not understandable. Like it's, it's understandable in the realm of like, I get it. Some people have this strong desire or feel like they didn't get previously a certain level of like nurturing and attention. And that's definitely, this definitely gives it, but there's gotta be more to it. Right. Hey, the best things in life are free. Yeah. I I wanted to throw out uh, a little bit. It's like a little bit of pop culture, but also just an interesting thing to throw your way. You ever heard of the book Choke by Chuck Palahniuk? No. They they did a movie adaptation. Is that the Fight Club guy? Yes, exactly. Okay. I love the story, but because the character has does all these crazy uh, things about him, but one thing he does, and, and this is where he get the title Choke. 
is he goes to restaurants and he pretends to choke on food. Like he actually makes himself choke on food so that somebody will come and give him the Heimlich. And he does it for his own feeling, for his own purpose. Like he wants somebody to embrace him (laughs) and he wants them to hug him. Like, cause like after they're done with the Heimlich and they get the food out, usually there's like an embrace or even just the person holding them while he's even the Heimlich being false about it was justified because the person was leaving there feeling like a hero. And then he would say, you know, and this is fiction, but still it's such an interesting idea because you could totally envision this actually being a thing. If this exists, if Munchausen exists, this could exist. And Dave, so, and do you see how I always say that deceiving yourself is a huge contributor to to mental health? Is he wrong though? Is the guy wrong? Nobody, wait, yes, he is wrong. And (laughs) and he's deceiving himself into thinking he's right so he could behave that way. We talk, we sit here and we talk about fake it till you make it and imposter syndrome. (laughs) Then we say he's wrong for making someone feel like a hero for giving him a scenario where, I mean, he actually was making himself choke, but it was very self-inflicted. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's such a weird, it's, 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 like this is where things can start to get blurry, and like in no way do I think Munchausen by proxy is is okay. What in any scenario? Like that's probably one of the worst things a parent could do. Well, I'll tell you where it does get blurry. Now that you mention that, it's when it's a little dicey. Is when you know, say you have a child that with a rare disease or something that's really difficult to diagnose, and the doctors are saying. Like maybe calling you out for Munchausen and, or maybe your child has autism and, and they think that it's something that you're doing that's delaying your child. And they're calling you out for Munchausen syndrome when you're just trying to be the best parent you could. And if, so, if a doctor does suspect Munchausen because it can be so dangerous, those kids are gone. Yeah. So it, it, it is a kind of a, an actual, I, you know, it's a little bit of a slippery slope. So I guess I have to ask you, Dave, I'm, and I, I mean, I hope we cleared up uh, Munchausen by proxy enough. It's just, I mean, oftentimes it's parents abusing their children, poisoning and neglect. In obviously, like we said, even so, it, you know, I had, one, and, I had one question for you. Yeah, and I, okay. I was saying as I was talking over you, sorry. Um, is it always like? I, I guess my question is like, it is not always murder, right? No. <laughs> Sometimes it's just like it could be like, in I guess in some frame of mind, it could be like uh, long lasting, like. Dude, it's almost like a virus. If you, the virus doesn't want to murder you. You know, these people are a virus. If you're not alive, yeah, right. Like they, they want to feed on you. They want to use. You're their source of nourishment. They want to feed on you for as long as they can. Just like this Didi, this poor kid in a wheelchair, thinks she has breathing problems, thinks she has leukemia, thinks she has muscular dystrophy. The whole time, there's nothing wrong with her at all. And you know how powerful the mind is. Like that power of suggestion. The way you know. Whether you think you can or think you can, you you can't. You're right. So your brain's gonna. She thinks she's so sick. She's gonna feel sick. It's so insidious and dark. And I think at one point she actually realized she understood she could walk. Yeah. She snuck into the room to get like I forget if you know this was in the movie or the show, but she had like snuck in to get like a snack or something like that that she wasn't supposed to have. I can't remember exactly what it was, but like I I feel like I heard in an interview at one point she actually realized she could walk. That's but still had to pretend she couldn't because that's the story that her mom was had been telling. So let me ask you this. Is this an actual disorder? Is this legit? I mean, everything about it screams mental illness to me. So I, I have a hard time like not seeing it in that light. Like I have a hard time of if it's not a, a disorder. Let me speak your language for a second then, right? Yeah. So like the lore with, you know, demons, for example. Yeah. 
if you are able, well, this is as far as I know, growing up Catholic and, you know, through various like scary movies and whatnot, when you know the name, it takes away the power, right? My problem with this is giving this a name, giving this a diagnosis takes away the responsibility. And I, I saw that point, like when you were saying it earlier, and as you're saying it, I'm actually now starting to also see a, a flip side to that idea Yeah, where somebody has this diagnosis Yep. And now suddenly, you know, it takes away, are you, maybe, are we saying the same thing? Actually, it takes away their ability to continue doing it. Uh, so you're saying the diagnosis by, by giving it a diagnosis. It's creating awareness for the people that actually, that are surround them that actually would need to know if, if that information is passed on from provider to provider. But it and also allows them to say, look, it. I can't, I can't help doing this thing. I'm well, not responsible for hurting my child. I have Munchausen. I'm a well, I, don't, I don't think that would fly. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. <laughs> I don't think but, that would fly. I think I feel, that would be remove that child. You know, if someone, obviously, if you have Munchausen, you're not going to want to, you're not going to be looking for it. But, but is that how it tumor. works? Is that how it works? Like, do that come in? Do they come in and like tell us and be like, I think you have Munchausen by proxy. And then like, we, this is our plan. No, we would never land. I don't think we would land oh, on that would, until it was too late. We'd be calling DCYF right away. Absolutely. But that's sorry. Uh, but so that's the thing. Like, but what about regular Munchausen? I mean. So I was, I was actually listening to a really interesting source where there was a doctor talking about working with patients who have it and addressing it very directly with them, calling them on it and seeing improvements with them. So it is something treatable. It is something okay. that they have to actively work on, but it's, it almost reminded me of listening to somebody talk to about the way that they would work with a substance abuse person. So you know I, mean? I guess my thought is like, what does treatment look like? With something like this. Yeah, that's a great thought. You know, it's, it's what would, what would that look like? Cause I, I think, I guess it would have to be, you know, almost that Socratic questioning where you're, you're, if this is true, then this can't be true. Like almost trapping them into their own lies. And I think that's why you can see this must, this, this disorder has a really high rate of, rate of suicide. And I think when the suicide happens is when you've been called out on so many lies where there's no really backing out anymore. Actually, I remember at least seeing this one, this, this catfish, remember that show catfish, there was this dad and he was pretending to be like a younger guy. And he was talking to this really young girl and she had left her boyfriend for him, him. And he was living this fake life. And in the end, all these things started happening. Like his wife found out, his kids found out that girl found out he was actually an old man and was like looking down at him. So when all these things finally faced him down, I could see where suicide would be a risk in that situation. Yeah. In that case, he actually murdered the old boyfriend, but wow. um, you know, suicide would be another, another way. I mean, yeah. I could see that. So Greg, for as far as like a therapeutic approach. Yeah. Um, for people who are interested in knowing like what kind of therapeutic approach would work. Uh, I've, I've heard that a, a combination of like psychoanalysis type of work, which is very, how would you describe psychoanalysis? Like very interpersonal. Right. Well, it would be like, they probably want to talk about that funeral when you're, when your loved one died and, and what it was like for you and you know, what, what that, those feelings were like, and, and you're searching for that. It's, Psychoanalysis is going back to your childhood and finding out, you know, because essentially we really are, you know, reflections of the way we were treated as children. Yeah. 
Right. So it's, so, it, and which totally makes sense in the realm of this, because we're, right. you know, we're thinking that this is probably something that, you know, was fueled by uh, an event as a child. And then the other uh, combination with cognitive behavioral therapy, which we won't describe because we're just going to have no. to go, go back and listen to last week's episode. Yeah. And you'll be an expert. And leave a rating and review. <laughs> no. So, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think that, um, well, you know what's interesting? Uh, let's talk about pop culture for a second here. Because the first time that I was shown this concept of Munchausen. I'm already going to know. I'm going to tell you. Go ahead. Sixth You're, Sense. Yes. It was Sixth Sense. And what was that sequence M- Misha like? Bar- Misha Barton in Sixth Sense. Okay, so I didn't. I didn't know the actress's name, but what happens, Dave? What happens in that scene? This is a powerful scene. Yeah. Uh, she is, it's Munchausen by proxy. Right. Her, her mom is feeding her soup and we learn that she's, what is it? Antifreeze? Something. Yeah. She's poisoning the soup. She's poisoning the soup and, and the girl discovers it and like films her mom giving her the soup and actually catches her mom, like pouring it in the soup or whatever. So we see it. And that, cause the little boy, I'm not going to say it cause I don't want to spoil it from him. Oh, but it's, I know, I know <laughs> it's really, it's really dark though, because that's your mom. She's supposed to be taking care of you and she's poisoning you. Yeah. Could there so, be anything more dark than that? That is like, like the quintessential Munchausen by proxy. That's what we're talking about. Here. Everybody yeah. has had, right. That's, that's everybody knows about. that scene. Six Sense, probably one of the f- most popular films of that time. There's another one that you mentioned earlier. Did I? What is it? What book did I, what author did I mention? Oh, Fight Club. Fight Club. Okay. Munchausen. Really? They, they bounce around to different, uh, what we call it. Uh, help. Oh, the support groups. Support groups. Yeah. Well, see, that's just good old fashioned regular Munchausen. But they're, they're yeah, they're they're pretending to have, you know, what was it? Um, uh, the one with uh, meatloaf, the scene with meatloaf. Oh, the, the testicular cancer? Yeah, there's that one. They, they, and, you know, she even goes to that. And, right, uh, right, 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 so, right, right. I mean, but yeah, they're, they're bouncing around and they're going into different. See, Chuck Palahniuk, that's another. It, he wrote that and he wrote uh, Choke. Maybe and it's funny, he, he definitely has an interest in, in this idea of like Munchausen or like he really seems to understand that people sometimes will give false uh, presentations of themselves in order to receive some sort of internal desirable feeling. But that's not supposed to be part of it. That's the problem that I have. Yeah. It's, not, it's supposed to be without reward. And just because you can't look at the reward, it's not a monetary reward, that empathy, that's a reward. That's what they're looking for. They're so show me a case of Munchausen without a reward and I'll show you a mentally ill person. I think, you know, I actually feel like Munchausen just alone feels almost more about that emotional reward because so many times, I mean, this, this is just based on our few examples that we've heard of, of Munchausen by proxy. So many times those actually involve like real monetary Mm-hmm. awards oh yeah uh, rewards i should say um such as like you know make a wish and yeah donations you know, trips to well, Disney and uh all these special gifts yeah they, so like there's definitely a lot of monetary and material gain that can happen from munchausen by proxy versus just munchausen seems more like 
emotional uh, attachment style issues. Have you? So I hope that you've seen this. My mother showed me this movie when I was young. Flowers in the Attic. I haven't. I know what it is, but I haven't. Oh, seen it's it. great. And that's, you know, these kids are left up in the attic being slowly poisoned so their mom can have, you know, their father dies and their mom brings them over to their, their you know, her mother's house and they're super rich and they keep these kids in the attic so the mother can like start over again. It's really dark story. And mm. Sharp Objects on HBO. Okay. Yep. It's also, um, so one more thing about pop culture that I found incredibly interesting and the real Baron Munchausen. Did you, know this, did you know this was named after a guy? Yeah. So this guy told outrageous, told tall tales about his experience in the Russo-Turkish war. And this was adapted into um, eventually a movie in the eighties. I remember seeing this movie too. It's actually a kind of a cool Stanley movie. Kubrick. Yeah. Very cool movie. But this guy, you know, I feel bad that his name carries this darkness with it because he was more of a, you know, a big fish character than a bad guy. So like, he told these crazy stories, but he was also like this awesome Baron war veteran who there was some truth to these stories. He just made them really good, you know? Hmm. So I, I, and I like that big fish character. Yeah. Do you know that movie big fish? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's, that, that's what we're talking about here. It's a great, great little story. And I don't know. I think that's it for uh, pop culture, unless you've got anything else. I think I did, but I can't remember it. So we can. All right. Fair enough. Well, let's talk about some related disorders real quick. So hypochondria, sometimes I think I have where I remember they used to hand out those pieces of paper in school where it would list all the symptoms of meningitis. And I'd be like, I've got all those right now. Where should I go? (laughs) You know, but the difference with hypochondria is you, there's no, no deception at all. You, you really think you're convinced that you have an illness. Is that different than just being neurotic? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying there's no malice in it, you know, in somatoform disorder or somatic symptom disorder. This is the, when you have your your psychological stress is so high that you have somatic symptoms like this. And the difference between both of those is you truly think you have it versus Munchausen where you know you don't actually have it. You're aware that you are deceiving others. So I, and now I'm going to walk down like a little slippery slope for with you, Dave. Just really quick though, with the somatic, like this is also kind of gets into uh, sometimes, you know, the big thing with like WebMD these days, I say these days, it's been going on for years where people start to like self-diagnose or they go down those rabbit holes of like, oh, I have this pain. Let me look it up. Terrible, terrible idea. Terrible idea. But Every every pain somehow links to cancer when you look it up, which or is like horrible. in the brain aneurysm that you're minutes away from. Yeah, yeah. So you never want to do that, but if you do, just be prepared. You are going to be told you have the worst thing possible. <laughs> if, yeah, if you follow the like diagnostic tree, it ends with a little casket every single. Yeah, time. every time. Every so, time. Dave, you know what? Those. Bad. If you want to talk about somatic symptom disorder, let's. I mean, where was that prevalent? I mean, think about psych- psychological stress being so high that it affected people's physical i mean i was getting covid tests like on a weekly basis so are you talking about that i was talking about salem which tracks (laughs) 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 i mean essentially essentially that's conversion disorder right such high stress that you know no every time i had a sniffle or a tickle in my throat i was like oh my god i got covid (laughs) i was getting tested and yeah every time you see davy he was walking around with two q-tips hanging out of his nose just perpetually telling I'm on the phone call to calling all my loved ones and giving everyone notice that I had contact with them. I am so them. sorry. I have something to tell you. 
<laughs> I really didn't want to have to make this call, but it was the right thing to do. We mentioned borderline, Dave. We mentioned borderline early on, and that you mentioned it, and it was a good insight. For, um, you know, little kind of a lost sense of self. But something that comes with borderline often is, you know, non-suicidal self-injury. So yeah. that's that is a symptom of Munchausen in a sense, right? You're hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the difference with cutting is typically you try to keep it hidden. Right. But if you don't keep it hidden, in other, in other cases, that's not Munchausen. I also see it as a form of communication. Sure. And, it, you know, it's all dependent on who it is and also your own experience and background. Like I work with a population of people who are nonverbal or who have a really hard time labeling feelings and they, it, they demonstrate or they tell me how they're feeling by self-injury sometimes. I actually just had a pretty significant issue with an individual I was working with who was doing self-injury on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of historic. It like happens every now and then that they do it. And I constantly trying to work with them on like learning language. It's not Munchausen. That's for sure. No, not at all. And here's the thing. You, you, you hit something pretty, the core of it, right? So that we're all, or, you know, everyone who's, you know, suffering on some level on some spectrum that they're trying to like get to the, to the bottom of how to cure this thing, how to like get those feelings, how to get that reaction from people that they need, that they needed as a child, whatever, you know, whatever that is, but some people have the, you know, they, they do it in a way that they have the, what am I, what am I looking for here? They do the right thing with it, right? They don't hurt someone else in order to get their, their feelings, their needs met. Mm-hmm. They, they hurt themselves. That's, that's a, yeah. there's something, there's integrity in that in a way where like, I don't, I, I don't recommend it at all, but there's something so much more dark about hurting someone else to get attention for yourself then, you know, they, they just don't have the language. You're right. It really does uh, like highlight just how almost all behavior is a form of communication. Oh, absolutely. Even Munchausen like is a form of communication. You're communicating something. What we got to figure that out yeah. in, in therapy clearly, but like you are trying to get some need met and you're using your behavior as a form of communication that I need this from but that person with Munchausen by proxy doesn't have the integrity to find a way to do it. That's not going to hurt anybody else. And this is where it would be really interesting to pick a person's brain with Munchausen to kind of understand like what prevents you from being honest at any point in time. Is it even, uh, is it even possible? I don't know. That's hard. It's hard. What about, you know, Munchausen bereavement? You see that a few times, right? Someone's grandmother died 43 times. Oh. Like, you know, I mean, that's that's something people people do that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I guess we're getting towards the end of this thing. Do you have any final thoughts on this? Uh, just I, super interesting concept and idea and conversation, I guess, to be had. And I do actually like think it'd be interesting for people to think about this. Is this a disorder? Yeah. Is this just people being deceitful and is giving this disorder uh, is giving this a name and a disorder actually beneficial or does it kind of exacerbate the issue? I don't know. All right. I want to know. I'm curious where you land on that. 
Because we um, did kind of we did kind of preview that. To me, like deception is the ultimate evil. We 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 learned that seven deadly sins. I bring up that episode all the time because it's one of my favorites. But the darker ones were the fraudulent ones. Yeah. I I still kind of tend to lie on like this feels like mental illness. So I think it's a disorder. I do think that there is some benefit to having a label so we have understanding and it's something we can actually like write about and we're giving it a word to label it. So as healthcare providers and general public, we actually just understand what it is that this person is doing. Because if you don't, Greg, think about the alternative. If we don't, and this is actually like a thing that some people are going to are going to do or going to experience, then every time that happens, they are just going to be shamed and demonized for something that might actually be part of a mental health disorder. So, but doesn't creating the disorder, creating the actual label, uh, in a sense, doesn't that allow for people to gravitate to it? So like, if you don't have the label Munchausen, wouldn't there be less people who be, who start exhibiting the behaviors? It almost seems like if you, if there, if there's, if you put that label out there, people are going to, are going to meet it somehow. And this is where I always challenge. Is it that more people are becoming it because now there's a label or is it that we're just labeling more the people that have it, which we weren't doing before? So this is like the autism spectrum discussion that I have a lot because, you know, I hear that all the time. Oh man, everybody's uh, being diagnosed with autism these days. Is it because we're way more aware of the signs and symptoms of autism or is there actually more people with autism being birthed? I don't know. I think it's, we're labeling people more because we're getting more familiar with the signs and symptoms or people are being, you know, over labeling at times. I'm sure that happens in some places. Obviously we do our best. Anyways, the question though, is it better to, are they better off for the diagnosis? Yeah, I think the people that get it a lot of times I've I think it's 50-50. I've worked, yeah. I've seen a thousand times where like people are like I I really want to know. I feel yeah. like right. a lot of people come in I feel like I have that. Yeah. I think it's like there's oh, not dating, too much sure. a lot of people come in and say that like I think I have autism. I get that. I do. Quite yeah. a bit. Well, Dave, this was a good one. This was a fun one. I hope hopefully someone the people get something out of this because this was a good one. This is a good conversation, I think. I think I land, you know, just to be fair, I think I land in the area of I don't want to I don't want to give Munchausen by proxy. I don't want to say that that's a disorder. I want to say that that's a criminal. Okay, and I'm saying I think it's a disorder. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Not that anyone really cares what our. <laughs> Uh, but anyways yeah thank you everyone for listening as always if you like what you hear we would appreciate the feedback leave us a review and a rating Um, Apple Podcasts is a great place to write those thoughts down and we would love to hear them so thank you very much we'll be back next week everyone have a great night bye